You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, because this wonderful podcast. And joining me because it is a new week. You'll probably hear a lot from us in the next two weeks together. My co-host from Forbes.com and West Side Indianapolis News, Mr. Tony East. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. And we are 11 days from the NBA draft and two weeks from free agency. And we have three more player reviews to do. So there is a lot for us to talk about. And I am very excited to break it all down. Yeah, I mean, we should just get out of the way real quick. There's going to be a lot of podcasts from us the next two weeks. We are hitting. So then the finals will be the end of this week. Then we'll have draft free agency all within probably seven, 10 days of that last finals game. So a lot of NBA action news and whatnot. So uh, check back on our feed for all the Pacers related stuff to those, to those news and, and all kinds of stuff happening in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be uh, wild. You're going to be hearing both me and Adam. So get ready for me to interrupt Adam when he says something stupid uh, very often for the next two weeks. Well, speaking of me saying something stupid, uh, <laughs> we are going to today's show is breakdown of power four fridge options. Obviously, it's the Pacers most desirable position, frankly. Uh, they don't really have a four on the roster outside of O'Shea. Definitely not no uh, ideal starting four. So what we'll do, obviously, is talk about some of the top tier, not a ton of them, middle tier, bottom tier free agents available at this spot. Uh, and then we'll obviously start with kind of why they might want this position. But first, we got to do some coaching news. Uh, the Pacers have finally rounded out their assistant coaching staff. Uh, we previously talked about, or I think Tony did on a show, Ronald Norad, the former Butler point guard from like the 2010s team, I want to say. And... Uh, Lloyd Pierce, the former Hawks coach, who ironically named McMillan, was the assistant, so kind of like a flip in some weird ways. But they hired two more people from Dallas, um, Mike Wienar and uh, Jenny Busek. Yeah, that, it's uh, quite the staff. <laughs> uh, loaded with p- coaches with former pro head coaching experience, obviously. Uh, I talked about Norad and Lloyd Pierce a couple weeks ago on the TJ Warren season recap, but Pierce was just the Hawks head coach. Norad coached the Long Island Nets. Um uh, as the head coach for three years, Busek was the head coach of the Sacramento Monarchs and the Seattle Storm. Uh, and she won a title as the assistant coach with the Seattle Storm in 2004. And former Fever guard, Tolly Bevilacqua, was on that team. She's now the announcer for the Fever. So can't wait to talk to her about uh, Busek. They're both obviously uh, bring a lot of experience to this team. Uh, and that Carlisle brought two guys from Dallas with him shows that they like working for him. So that's obviously a good sign as well. Yeah. Uh... Do we make our joke or make it before the show, or should I move on? Uh, you go ahead. Um, at least there's some that want to want a coach with the Pacers head coach, unlike <laughs> last year. Yeah, if you want more on Pierce and Norad, July 5th episode is where I broke down those hires, as well as the Calbertini news that uh, from the Indy Star that he would allegedly be retained. We have not heard anything on Mad Ant's head coach uh, Tom Hankins yet, or other assistant coach Tyler Marsh yet. So we'll see if those guys are back for next season. But yes, let's move on to talking about the free agency for the Pacers at the power forward position. Yeah, Tony, why would the Pacers want a four in this league at all? <laughs> well, as we've said for the last two years of doing free agency previews by position, they don't have a four on the roster at all. Uh, when Thad left, they had no one for forever, right? And with a month to go in the season, they still had no one. And a four is a really important position, and stretch four is a really important position. And Kevin Pritchard always talks about wanting a stretch four, and again, until about a month ago in the season, they had nobody. They had a center playing the position as a starter, and they had either a wing or even sometimes a guard playing the position off the bench. Now they have O'Shea Brissett, who, if he actually is the level of shooter he showed with the Pacers, 
They have a not only a good four, but also a stretch four who can soak up some minutes. He played about 25 minutes per game uh, down the stretch for this team. If he can fill that many minutes for, per game next year, that's the whole front court, right? It'd just be O'Shea, Turner, and Sabonis. If he's not that good of a shooter, he's probably just like an end of rotation level guy because he's a good defender and cutter. But the Pacers just don't have any forward depth. So if one of your centers gets hurt, you have no one there. So you always need more guys at a position you have no depth in. Yeah. I think that O'Shea thing we cannot stress enough is a big if. And while like it would yeah. be great if he is what he was for 20 something games he played last year, I don't know if you can bank on that. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people who probably have to be like, well, Shea was so good. He should buy, you know, by midway, I should be the starting lineup. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it, we just really don't know, um, frankly, with him. And so you need to have well, some contingency sorry. plans, I think. So right? I watched it with that. Mad Ants, right? Like, I think everything he did at the pro level except for the three point shot, I buy that he can do again. Right. Like, yeah. That's but that's, I think... that's like the most important thing he did. <laughs> well, mean... that's why I think he's a rotation player for sure though. Even if he is just like a 30 something percent free throw shooter, like that's still helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if he's like high thirties, he's all of a sudden like starting level player. So like he it's... was last year. Basically. Yeah. I mean, last year he was like 43% or something. It's stupid. Frankly. The Mad Ants, he took six and a half per game and made exactly a third of them. Right. So like that would still be a rotation quality player. But oh yeah, not... for sure. Obviously not as good as he was last year, but right. No, but and, and, and you still need some contingency plans. I mean, you need another – you call it a three or four. It is the last podcast. Like, do you want to get a three and then you play somebody else at the four? But you need some other guys just in case. One, in case he gets hurt because that's always good to have some players. So, like, I don't know whether it's like they're looking for a top-end talent at the four because it's probably not available in this class, but they're definitely looking for, like, <laughs> that mid-tier t- – I know. There really isn't anybody. I mean, I opened the list this, this morning. We've been talking about that. Right? I really looked. I'm like, I looked at the list. I'm like, wow, it's 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 bleak. Probably the bleakest list of any of the four we've looked at so far. I looked at uh, point guards, shooting guards, and uh, small forwards. But it, it's a pretty bleak list. But still, they're probably looking for something at least at like a backup four, just to even have maybe as the 11th guy on the roster. Well, and we haven't even talked about the main reason they might sign one, which is kind of amazing, is that their current contingency plan at the four all season, Jakar Sampson, is a free agent, right? Yes. So if he's not on the team next year, you know, again, so we talked about his free agency on his season recap a few weeks ago, but it's like he just took a guaranteed one-year minimum two years in a row with the Pacers. Like, that's his value. If he'll take that again, great. You can have him back. He fits a role. He can play three through five, soaks up minutes when there's injuries, but isn't in the rotation. That's fine for him. If he tries to explore more money or a bigger role, which after two years with the Pacers, he might have earned a bigger role somewhere else, but maybe not more money. But anyway, if he's not back for whatever reason, they might they have a, a serious hole to fill at, as the, at the back of four. Like if O'Shea, sir, they're back to having no one who naturally plays that position, right? So he, the, the biggest, maybe not the biggest, you know, there's a lot of reasons for the four in general, but if Jakar's gone, Someone at his level makes a lot of sense in general. So that that's the biggest reason to me is that they'll they'll have a hole there. Yeah. I mean, they but then at that point, we're not even talking about any I mean, we're talking like the way, way bottom of the list, not even somebody who would like you're talking about like right. minimum level guys. So I mean that's well he like Jakar played in half the games and started some like with an injury prone team like the Pacers, that that's sort of still valuable. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, you're not I, gonna I, spend more than a minimum, but you need someone to fill. Well, so that's what I was gonna ask. Do you th- I mean like could you see them spending like their mid-level on a four if they decide no. that's where they want to go? It's going to be a three. Right. It's a, a if, they hybrid. Do it, if they do, it's going to be a rotation guy, right? Like they're not going to spend the MLE on a guy to play the Jakar role, obviously. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I just mean like, could that, that could they decide to, to make the rotation guy? Cause like I'd say they lose McDermott. I mean, McDermott is kind of a he's three. 
can kind of be four. He did play a little bit four, depending on what lineup he was in. Like, do you just go all in on a four? But maybe there isn't really anybody out there that's really worth that kind of money anyways. So maybe you don't even bother. If, they, if the first thing we hear from the Pacers in free agency is they use their tax MLE on like Jermichael Green or something, like right away, I'll just that to me, that will be like McDermott's gone. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they have accepted that they are going a different route of the forward position. Not even that McDermott's a four. It's just like the allocation of resources would suggest. Yeah, well, that, there, there's know. there's a there's a money slot for a three slash four. And I, I mean, I would lean towards the three who could play some four versus a four who probably can't play three. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about some of those guys. Coming forward, but yeah, exactly. So I think that the the most likely uh, way they would replace Jakar is with a minimum or like a guy at the BAE is not super high. It's like 3.3 million. Like that's not, that's a way to get a guy who maybe has some promise on a two-year deal. I'm specifically thinking of one guy here and I'll talk about it later, but yeah, it's an interesting position. Yeah. All right. So you want, you want to talk some names? Yes, of course. All right, let's do that. But first take one quick break because today's Locked On Pacers podcast is Brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Did you know? Do you know how many delicious flavors Built Bar comes in? It comes in nine, like for sure, flavors and a bunch of limited time ones. They're awesome all the time. They have all kinds of different choices from coconut, cherry, barcia, get the get the pun there, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. I love these Built Bars because they're a perfect kind of mid-afternoon snack that means between the lunch and the dinner you need a little something i love to eat a built bar because they're, they're just enough calories enough protein to kind of fill me up they're great trying to maintain lose weight they're also kind of healthy the one i love is the peanut butter brownie which is high in protein 18 grams of protein 150 calories they have amazing flavor they're tasty and they're healthy and built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team isn't that neat so right now you go to built.com it's a new website built.com it's called locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 you have 15% off your, your order. You promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. Tony, this list is like kind of disgusting of who is available at the power forward spot. That's that's harsh, but it's uh, not. It's is there not any, so, uh, let me ask this. Is there anybody on this list worth more than $15 million a year? Yes, I can't believe you just said that. Who am I missing on this list? That's worth John Collins. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, did, <laughs> I mean, I guess... He's the only one, though. He is the only one. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I guess I wasn't giving the way bottom of it. I guess I'm not jumping over his name. You're right. He's going to get like paid. Um, Yeah. Besides, he'll probably get 20 to 25 a year. Yes. But besides him, anybody else? No, no, right? The the, the thing about the way we've demarcated this in past shows at this position is who could get above them, Ellie, right? That would be a guy the Pacers would have to sign and trade for or do something aggressive to get. They have to, they have to part with assets. They can't just sign them. And John Collins, I think. Is, is obviously over it for sure, you know, but he might be the only one, right? Like you go through the rest of this list. So here's some guys that I thought of that maybe could get more than this. And I understand if you say, no, they will not. Kelly Olenek might get more than this. He got 12 and a half million per year on his last deal with the heat. He's 30. So a little above prime age, but still good. Uh, he was actually excellent for the Rockets after being traded last year. If he got like two for 30, or three, four, Gordon. 39, 38, something like that. That would make some sense to me because I think he'd be good for all of that and he's worth that money. And he'd be awesome on the Pacers, ironically, although having to watch him all the time would kind of be missing. Yeah, he's just, he just sucks to watch, frankly. <laughs> yeah, but he's good. He actually, oh, is yeah, good. he's a power so player. Yeah. He is a guy I think could get more than the MLE. I think Houston, uh, that seems like a very obvious sign and trade fit to me is Kelly Olenek with the Rockets in general. Um, 
Paul Millsap got more than the MLE last year to come back to Denver on a $10 million deal for one year. Uh, he's probably helpful for them. I think Denver would like to give him the same ish deal basically. So uh, that by default is more than the MLE, but yeah, he also bird seems, rights. So yeah. yeah, he also seems like a ripe, like full MLE guy for any contender. Uh, he's been around the block. And the last guy I thought about this one is maybe a no, but it depends on what happens in the coming weeks is PJ Tucker, right? PJ Tucker's been clamoring for his last big deal of his career. He's 36. If the bucks win the title, maybe he gets like two for 25. You know what I mean? Like I think you might've named the wrong buck there to get, to get one $10 million. Interesting. You think Bobby Portis, what do you think about Portis gets? I know we, I mean, he had a very good, uh, year. he, you know what he is good for them, but not more than the MLE good. I mean, there's a re like, yeah, I think the documentation from the athletic is that he took a discount to stay or to go to Milwaukee, which is like great for him. But uh, I do not think he's played above MLE level for that. Yeah, but look at it. I mean, his, his stats this last year were incredible. Granted, he was good. He was very right good. Next, Giannis is, makes everything very easy. Brogdon can attest to that for sure. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's, I mean, like, does there, is there, if they win the title, let's say, and he, you know, he's been playing really well in the playoffs. I mean, he's just been a really good. Like, yes, like, the playoffs have definitely got him some money. Right. Is there like some, you know, I mean, I mean I'm almost in like Bismack Miambo type boosted money, right? Kind of thing. <laughs> right. That's the last guy I forgot overpaid. From a great, well, I think, great playoff series. I think on Raw Town alone, plus his playoff boost, you're probably right. He would get over it. But then I remember the stuff where he like punched Mikola Miritich in practice with the Bulls. Yeah, but you could say he's <laughs> he's you know figured it out. He's not, he's still pretty young. Yeah. You're getting his 26, 27, 28 year old years. You signed for three or two or three year deals. You're getting right in the prime. You're not you know you're not over. You're not getting Kellen the back end or Tucker who has been good, but he's old. And Tucker like yeah, Tucker's gonna be 37 next 37. year. 37. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, I mean Tucker's like ridiculously old, and you don't you don't even realize that, frankly, because he didn't play in the league very long. So um, this this la- the last guy I want to bring up in this priciest section is so interesting to me. I've been thinking okay. about him some not a lot, but a little bit as a Pacers target, just because of his age and his current contract status. And that's Larry Markinen, right? Yeah, his fit with the Bulls wasn't great. He you know his stats look nice. He's a good shooter, can shoot a lot per game, has some dribbling skills, and yeah, Bulls fans are really ready to cast this guy off he's not necessarily a good fit with the rest of their team right a lot of the little stuff he does very poorly right so he is a good shooter but is not necessarily like an awesome player so i'll be curious to see restricted free agency for a guy like him will probably hurt his value a tiny bit but i can see a team offering him quite a bit he's only 24 has four years in the league again is a solid offensive player but if he i could see being mle or less but i'm imagining he'll get a little bit more just because of his age I think the Bulls try to keep him and then trade him just because they don't want to lose the asset. Or, yeah, I think he's a good sign and trade candidate as well. Right. I mean, I'm wondering like if he's a yeah, I guess sign and trade is the right way to put it, right? Because I guess they could be wave the way of the RFA thing for a team. That, but most of these team have cap space. So I mean, if like a team wants to sign him, it might have to be through a trade. I mean, I just feel like you can't a guy like him. You can't. He's a first round pick, top ten pick. He was part of that bubble trade. Like you just can't lose the asset. He's not like terrible, right. right? He's not like it's not like he's like just completely abysmal. There's no hope. Like he had some, especially that second season was really good for him. And I think there were some signs that he was going to be a pretty good player. Then he got hurt. I think right with that second season with towards ACL uh, and missed yes. like end of that season and partially the season. So like he's had some setbacks, had some injuries last year. So I mean, like I understand you're not like looking to max him out, but I feel like you just it's really hard to be like, yeah, we're going to move on from the 23 year old that has shown some promise and like we took in the top 10 a couple years ago. So it's very possible that PJ Tucker gets the MLE and Bobby Portis gets the MLE and Markin gets about the MLE and Montrose Harrell got the MLE last year and proved that he wasn't worth it. 
So yeah, it could yeah, be probably. very possible. The only guys who are l- legit require sign and trade in this free agency class for the Pacers are John Collins and Kelly Olenek. It is a very underwhelming group of power forwards. Yeah, I, I do like Markin's fit a little bit, I guess. I do too. Off the bench, especially if you can't keep McDermott, right? And so you're just like trying to figure out how to... Guys, well, could you do some sign and trade thing when McDermott goes? Well, I was going to say they would have to trade for him because if, if he signs an MLE with another team, the Bulls would match immediately, right? Like that's not so. Well, could they throw in a second round pick and get that out, out, that wave, but maybe not, not enough? Yeah. Well, like you said, they wouldn't let him walk. They would try to move him at a cheap deal at that point. So I, I think he would require assets as well. To I wonder if McDermott sign and trade would be in the book from McDermott. I mean, Chicago I wanted probably... to talk about that on a future show. You're spoiling my good. Okay. Time. Well, we'll, we'll stop it for now. I'm just, just a thought. But yes. I do think a McDermott sign and trade makes a, a, a fair bit of sense. Okay. Well, we'll see. How that that just... pops up on Pacers Twitter in the next three days. I will know where it came from. I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> to you. I'm sorry for doing. And if it doesn't, then good job on other people for coming up with it. Or, or it will mean that we're not as influential as we think we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. You want to move to some of the kind of like next tier agents to the bottom? Realistic. as we've been calling Realistic. It. All right. That's a nice way to put it. Let's do that. Um, but first, take one more break. Today's Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is a fast and easy way to bet on all your sports action. Got the baseball season in full swing. We are pretty much a ton of future bets on like where guys are going to land for agency. I'm sure there's a Dame bet out there, although who knows if he's leaving. We're right around the NFL season. And BetOnline.ag is the best place to go for the latest news, odds, info on all your sporting needs. They have the four big sports apps, they plus UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop mode device and check out all the great news, sign-up bonuses, kind of information. Just don't go locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Over to the website today on your phone or online, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Where do you want to begin with these uh, realistic tier players? Uh, what do you mean? By where like, do I want like, to begin? Like what, what <laughs> name do you want to begin on? I mean, there's a bunch of names oh. down here. Just give, throw, throw me out where, like what player you want to start with. This isn't where I wanted to go with this, but this okay. is, I teased this earlier, so I will start with this. Um, the BAE for Trey Lyles is becoming one of my fave random ideas for this offseason because he's from Indy, is young, can kind of shoot, is good, has played for various successful teams. He's been super injury prone in his career. Um, but I kind of like that fit as a, as a cheap guy who would take the depth forward spot. That said, I bet he's looking for a situation where he could play. But there are a lot of cheap guys. Like, I know we talked about this being a very underwhelming group, but a lot of these cheapo guys, right? James Johnson, I've said a lot, has been one of my favorite free agents for this Pacers team just because he'll be cheap now. He'll be that MF they've been needing for a few years, would probably take a depth role. I've liked Nemanja Bielica as a trade target for the Pacers when he was with the Kings for a long time because he can be that stretch four for them. They had interest in Jermichael Green when he was free agent a few years ago, right? I just talked about Trey Lyles. Mike Scott's been a good well, a decent shooter for his past teams. Like of the cheap guys, there are a lot of pretty good fits for what the Pacers would in theory need from a four they would sign. They can get it for the value. That's the key. Yes, that is the key here. Um, because a lot of teams would need value for the same reason the Pacers would. Yeah, a lot of interesting. Arsenal Tech, obviously, Mr. Basketball, way back left, Studio Kentucky, but kind of a traitor. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, he'd be, I mean, he's never really got caught together in his career, it feels like, right? He kind of floated around from team to team, basically. Right, he's been on like like four or five teams in his five years, right? 
Yeah, no, that's not true. Three teams. Three teams. Uh, yeah, you're right. I was thinking. Utah wow. for two years. Then he was in the trade for Donovan Mitchell, uh, I think. And that's then he signed right. with the Spurs in restricted free agency. And he's been okay for them, but you know, not maybe not quite in their future plans. Yeah, for some reason, I thought he played for the Magic also, but I think I might have mixed up blue teams in my mind. I knew he played for the Jazz and Nuggets. I thought he played for one more. So, he, you know, he's a former lotto pick, and he's been fine in the NBA. Like, he's still an NBA-level player. Uh, yeah. I just don't know how much career you know he's he's, he's probably looking for the the the, the role uh in free agency I'm you don't assuming. think the money i mean he probably wants the most money doesn't he uh no i'd guess because if he gets like a, a solid role next year he could get the money much easier next year right true and i mean if he's going to be playing for whatever the kind of ba minimum range is and it doesn't matter where he signs he wants to play, right. where he can play the most minutes and it probably isn't indiana right if he signs he's 11th man Frank yes, Frank. exactly. He wouldn't play. In, he would barely be. He'd be in the Jakar role, basically, right? So That's then, where James Johnson fits to me, though, so well. I mean, James Johnson had that season with the Heat that got him his current deal, where I think that it, it was long stated that he had like he was pudgy every year, and the Heat got him into shape, and he was awesome for them. Yeah, then he smoked the Pacers in a playoff series in fourteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that with nah with Toronto, right? It was after twenty. The Toronto he was with. I don't remember. It wasn't the Grizzlies in the playoffs. That's for sure. So yeah. Oh, maybe I might be thinking of it. Who am I thinking of them play with LeBron and hit a bunch of James Jones. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of James Jones. That's okay. James well, Wrong. James Johnson did play against the Pacers in the playoffs with the Raptors, but uh, he did sure. not smoke them. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, he, he is not as good as he used to be at all, right? He is 34. Now he probably only has one or two years left in the NBA, but he's super tough. You don't want to mess with them. Good, by all indications, good off-court guy. I have no idea what he's looking for in free agency. He's probably uh, in a ring-chasing portion of his career. He's definitely still NBA quality, right? He played okay for the Pelicans this past season. He played okay, by the way, for Rick Carlisle in the Mavs last season. So I think he'd be a good fit on the Pacers for all the stuff they would need if he's willing to accept a role of on not a championship-contending team of being – their your break class in case of emergency guy because you know he's he's at the Jakar size six seven two forty we know he can play on the perimeter but he can also play the five in the modern NBA like that's what Jakar did three four five you can get out there and do it James Johnson could do that uh, and the stuff he would provide intangibly uh, I think would be good as well so he is my one of my favorite very cheap free agents for the Pacers this year if he's willing to take their money and that's why that makes sense I mean. He, he made enough money in his career probably where he doesn't necessarily like need the cap. Like, man, I don't That's know. Why I think he could ring chase. Yeah. Yeah. That feels a little bit like it. Um, I mean, like, what do you think of somebody like Jeff Green? Do you think he's even going to be able to, like, he's ring tracing also basically at this point? Too? Doesn't he have a ring? I think of somebody. That's Remember, point. I love the Jeff Green fit in the 2019 summer. Right. Um, does, he, does he have a ring yet? I mean, I guess. Uh, no. Right. No. He played for the Cat of LeBron and not when they won. Yes, correct. Right, yeah, he probably doesn't have a ring yet, but like he played for the Cavs after they won. He played for Boston after they won. He played for OKC on their, but he got traded during their season. They made the finals, right? So, uh, and he played for the Rockets last uh, last year. We all, that fizzled out, right? He's played for a lot of good teams, but never has gotten over the title hump. Do you think he's actually like willing to come to place in Indiana? If he gets no. a little bit more than mid, or do you, do you think he's just ring chasing? Backpack. I think he's a lock to resign with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I, I would agree with you probably. Um, what do you think of the guy, a name like Semi Ojale? Yeah, you know, that's another buy low on a young guy who has not panned out at all. 
uh, candidate, I guess. Uh, wasn't he a first round pick? Oh, he was close. That's right. 37th overall. Yeah, pick. I don't think he was because he's unrestricted, which is usually means he weren't a first round pick. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, and I think he signed two different contracts, which is why he's unrestricted. Well, yeah, but he's only been in the league four years. So usually, if you're a first round pick, you're four years, you're not. Yeah, anyways. It's- so, yeah, he's, I guess, uh, he's another guy who could fill a Jakar esque role. So that's a good fit for That's kind of what I thought. A little better shooter, too. Super strong, like really strong. So that that's a good, interesting fit. Good Some of rebound. these other guys who are making the minimum last year, like I like Jared Vanderbilt, but he's restricted. He'll stay in Minnesota. Blake Griffin, obviously not coming. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Ersan Eliasova joined the NBA very late this season. I don't know how much legs he has left, right? he was. There's a reason he wasn't on a team to start the season. I don't know if he did a, a ton in Utah. He wasn't in their playoff rotation uh, but still a good shooter at this stage of his career. So I suppose if he's willing to take, yeah, he played for three total minutes in the playoffs, right? So he might be done, but he's still a good shooter. So if he's willing to take minimum money or maybe even non-guaranteed minimum money, uh, that's great. Cam Burch probably going to stay with Toronto. He finished the season well for them. Taj Gibson. What do you think of Taj Gibson? At this point, eh. Yeah, he's still a credible player, I would say. Like you yeah. can put him out there and he's helpful, but he's very posty. And that'd make it very hard to play him at the four. For he's the actually very much like he's a better version of Jakar, but very similar style where like he's not really going to shoot, be like a, a great shooter, but he can guy that can kind of like kind of post up and be kind of be in the paint scoring at times. He's like he taken 133 three pointers in his whole career. <laughs> and he, 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 at one point, he was like, Maybe the star of the Bulls for. Oh my! Oh, I just discovered something about Taj Gibson. Adam, Taj Gibson is a lock to join the Pacers this offseason. Why? Because his nickname apparently on basketball reference oh, is God. Hard Hat Lunch Pail, which Kevin <laughs> Pritchard said like seven times in his end of season press conference as the identity he wants the Pacers to get back to that they've had in recent seasons. So Taj Gibson, where I don't know where this nickname came from. I'm going to Google it while we're talking, but apparently is a lock to join the Pacers this offseason. Um, I don't know about that one, but maybe just maybe. <laughs> um, oh, he has a he has a song. He wrote a song apparently called Hard Hat Lunch Pail. Ah, that would make some sense. Oh, my. Wow, it's interesting. I mean, maybe you get signed. I guess we'll have to figure out what to play the song on the podcast. I guess uh, it's a YouTube video called that. It's probably not a song, actually. I'll, I'll have okay. to figure this out at a better time. Um, have you gotten out the far from the list of the guys who, or the guy who is a former Pacer who's on this list? The guy who's a TJ Leaf is not going to return <laughs> to the Pacers. Gary Clark, a guy I've always liked. Maybe he could be a minimum guy. I talked about them claiming him. I did a whole podcast segment on them claiming him. We got away this season. You know, God, I'm surprised what's going on at that point. It must have been so just bored. So there's only two guys on the list left that we skipped. Okay. Uh, Markeith Morris provides a lot of the stuff that I like that James Johnson would in theory provide of the toughness and all that. Uh, he's a clutch guy. So probably unlikely he would sign. Yeah, the Morris but, brothers wouldn't be in the same city, right? Was, can't yeah. Same. I feel like he'll be back with the Lakers. Uh, yeah, most likely if I had to guess, I mean, they need any contributor they can get. He started 27 games for them this year with 80 out. So I just, I feel like he'll be back, but he he could be a good fit if he's if he's willing to take the Pacers' money. But again, for like guys like that, like they wouldn't even be in the rotation, and he's good enough to be in a rotation, so he would probably not. Take Can I tell money. you a, 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 a secret of mine? Sure. I honestly don't know how to tell the two brothers apart. Wow. Like, like I, mean, I like, can tell now. I can. Like, I couldn't. Like I can tell you the teams I know. Like one of those has been on. Like there was the Wizards. There was the Boston one. There was the Suns. I think one played in Houston too. I honestly cannot tell you which one played for which team. I just know that they did. He played for the Wizards, and when I used to watch them a lot more, so okay. I know I know pretty well stylistically what he looks like in games. So I've got him down. I mean, in my defense, they're identical twins who went. Yeah, oh, who were, yeah. 
who went 12 and 13 in a draft. I think it's another 13 or 14. So like they literally have been like the same level of player forever. I think though Marcus is a little better now, right? Than him and Marquise. Uh, Marcus is much better. Yeah. Much better. Okay. I don't really know. There are four guys left on the Spotrack power forward for agency list name. We haven't said yet. And I will run through why we have not said them. Actually, one of them we probably should talk about. Okay. He's got the guys that were on a roster last year. One is Montrez Harrell. Uh, he is a player option. I have no idea if he'll turn it down or not. He would probably pick that up if he was smart because he did not have a good season yeah, he's not for the Lakers. He's also much more a center to me than a power forward. Pacers do not need his skills at all. I just tried to type Harris when I was looking for his basketball reference page. No wonder I couldn't find it. The next one is Cristiano Felicio, who the Bulls gave $30 million to in free agency and then proceeded to play him like four times in total uh, after they gave him that deal. He played a total. He made $8 million this year and played a total of 84 minutes for the Chicago Bulls. He's not an NBA level player. So not worth talking about. We skipped over Patrick Patterson. That is one I actually think we should discuss a little bit. Good shooter for the last while, really. Since 2014-15, he has hit uh, 37% of his threes across many good teams. He was on Toronto, OKC, and then the Clippers these last two years but has not really been in the Clippers rotation, only played in a little over half their games this year. So perhaps he's at the point of his career where he'd be willing to accept an out-of-rotation role, but is still a credible player. But at that point, again, if you're going to be that guy, you're probably going to just sign with contending teams. Yeah, yeah, I think at that point. The Pacers are going to get guys who are at the point of their career where like they really are not good enough to go to a contending team and want them, but they still want to get paid, right? Yeah. That's the kind of player they're probably going to get at this what we would call two and a half million dollar minimum slot. Uh, similar to Patrick Patterson, although had a much better season last season, a guy who will be signing with either contending teams uh, or big market teams, Carmelo Anthony. We yeah. skipped over. I skipped over on purpose, and I figured he was coming here. Udonis Haslam will either retire or resign with the Heat. And the last guy on this list who made money in the NBA last year is Cameron Oliver, who signed with the Rockets with about 10 days left to go in the season uh, and is barely an NBA quality player. He played in four games for the Rockets to end the season. None of those guys make any sense to me. So of the list, we just ran through the realistic options. I think the ones that made the most sense were Semi Ojale. Good call from you. On him, I hadn't really thought much about him. Uh, Trey Lyles on this list, and James Johnson. Ojale I think did. those three made the most sense. What's up? Ojale Sorry. stuck out the most to me just because he might be cheap enough. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good he one. Kind of fits what they're doing a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing with this four, it's probably going to, this, this spot, if they sign a guy with like that 11, 12th man role, won't be signed till. So we say for August 2nd, we think, uh, what we think August 12th by the time that's when the sign. Nah, probably earlier than that. Cause summer league is so soon oh, after free agency. Start of this year. So you think like August 9th, then I guess. Yeah. Like Jakar took three or four days last year. Uh, so, well, the thing is, if it takes longer than four days, then I think it's way more likely to be a vet because summer league will already have started. Yeah. So. And also we don't know, do they take a four in the draft too? That's and true. That just they don't because that guy. If they do that, that, then you got to think about what O'Shea's future even is, which is interesting. Well, what if you take like a three-four kind of player and play both? This is a question unrelated to free agency. This is a philosophical basketball question. Adam, are you ready? Okay. O'Shea Brissett is twenty-two. Did he turn twenty-three since the season ended? I want to make sure I had this right. He did. He turned twenty-three June twentieth. Okay. O'Shea Brissett is twenty-three. If you drafted a power forward. Who would you rather have in your rotation? Your first round pick, 13th pick, who's probably between 19 and 22, or O'Shea Brissett? Well, my guess is by the time to play power forward, you got to be pretty big in this league, right? You got to, you got to, it's going to take you at least a year to put enough muscle to play power forward. Yeah. I would think. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, O'Shea, I, I mean, he's a known quantity right now. I mean, you always lean towards the the unknown because the potential, but like right now, O'Shea is like a known quantity. You think can be a rotation player. So probably O'Shea for now. My answer is O'Shea as well. I just think 23 is still young enough that you can grow them a lot still. Right? Yeah. I mean, by the time the player that you get is developed, he might be 23 or 20. You have to have a line though, like in your head, Oh, an O'Shea Brissett level talent, right? We were talking about how he, he's definitely rotation quality, but what is the, for rotation quality player, what is the age they hit where you go, you should be playing the young guy instead of this guy. You know what I mean? Uh, because Keelan Martin was not rotation quality. That's why I was talking about Cassius playing over him at the end of the season. Uh, and then there, they didn't really have anyone who was so old that it was weird that they were playing over young guys. So uh, I think O'Shea would be my choice too. I was just curious because you said they could draft a guy. Yes, yeah. we didn't even mention they could draft a four. There are actually quite a few fours. In I mean, my thought is to take a four, uh, probably like a three slash four, right? We won't really know whether which yeah. spot they play in anyways. They'd be 11th guys. So they'd be playing only in garbage time and in, in, in case of injury, basically. And then by the time in a year or two when he could figure it out, even though O'Shea was a starter level by then, this guy would be the bench for because they'd figure out the center situation, hopefully. In at least two right. years, they'd figure that out, right? I mean, you have to assume whoever they draft won't actually be, like, good till you, till three years from now, right? Or two Correct. seasons. Two seasons of play, and then it'll be good. I mean, if he comes out and Donovan Mitchell right away, totally, like, that's an aberration, right? Most time, it's a guy who can – is modeling that first year. Second year, maybe kind of figures it out. Third year is actually decent. Uh, yes, correct. Especially the 13th spot, even though Donovan Mitchell was picked 13. But like he's just the biggest, like he's just an exception to the rule. I mean, even like Devin Booker took probably what two, three years to kind of figure it out. I don't know how many yeah. years. Like, and yeah, everyone goes. I mean, he, honestly, there's some case about whether he was really that good until this playoff run because he was like, uh, no, he's always been good. No, I know. He was just good stats, <laughs> bad team for a bunch of years. Let's see. I'm going to look. So Donovan's first year, he, not Donovan, sorry. Devin put up 13 points his first season on like 42, 34 shooting. And then he, he didn't really, actually, never really crossed the, for one thing, thirty-eight percent from three range, but uh, he did get his shooting percentage up to into the high forty-eight percent. So that's that's when he became good. I would feel like. Yeah, I talked about Kelly Olynyk being like a pretty solid thirteenth pick. Like his first NBA game, he played twenty minutes. His second NBA game, he literally didn't play. Like good teams picking thirteenth. Sometimes that guy just isn't in your rotation, or is barely in your rotation. Yeah, you got to temper the expectations, but. uh Especially can, given the Pacers roster construction. But anyway, that is not the point of this podcast. Yeah, we can do that in the coming weeks because we got a lot of uh, other podcasts and we'll do some draft previews, I assume. Correct. So, um, so we did our schedule already, if you didn't check it out or you didn't hear the beginning of the podcast. Um, but basically, some more player previews this week. I think we're going to do Old Depot, O'Shea this week, uh, and uh, Karis, Karis will be the last. I think that's the end of our player series will be Correct. that. Um, we're going to do a free preview of centers on Thursday. That will be a weird Don't one. laugh. It'll be hard, but we'll figure it out. Well, we just have three centers currently, so it'll be hard to see how they could need a center, but uh, we'll talk about it at least. Uh, and then the next week is a build up to the draft for agency, so we'll have all kinds of shows mix- mixing in both those topics. Um, so check back on our Locked On Pacers feed for that. As always, you can follow this podcast at Locked On Pacers on Twitter. Uh, check out, I will be doing a locker room at some point this week, so check on our Twitter feed to see when we're doing that, or Green Room, I'm sorry, the name has changed to Green Room. Uh, you can follow Tony on Twitter at MBA. Me at Freemadam5. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. We'll see you guys again.